1: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: I woke up this morning feeling like a chicken nugget. When you feel like a chicken nugget, you feel like fried and fake on the inside. Hi, I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. And I'm Rachel Hampton. And you're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. Before we do anything else we need to explain
1: a tweet that we sent out recently from our account that made some of you concerned that we were
0: shutting down the podcast. It's finally here. Our first apology. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I see why my listeners (laughs) were tweeting this tweet (laughs) without any context. (laughs) Pretend this is
1: in the notes app. And just to be very clear, we are (laughs) not shutting down the podcast to understand the tweet in question. Uh, we have to first listen to a song uh, by Doja Cat. Hey,
0: I'm getting ripped tonight. All right, that pussy. Yeah. I'm going in she like an addict, oh, rip, dog. That voice you just heard was Starboy Boy, 3. And if you were on TikTok, you heard that voice many, many times, which became a dance challenge um, and then turned into a different trend altogether. The the crux of that edition
1: is just that people say, I'm getting ripped tonight, RIP that. And then you say anything, like any cultural item, a monologue from a movie you like, other song lyrics, the voice at the beginning of a Hulu episode. You know, this this episode is not available in our Hulu no-ad streaming plan, and we'll play with an, just any sort of.
0: <laughs> yes. Here's an example with the... um. I don't know if y'all remember this, but the Pacer Fitness Test, which is traumatic. I'm getting ripped tonight. R.I.P. that. The Fitnessgram Pacer Test is a multi-stage capacity.
1: So all of this leads to us tweeting, I'm getting ripped tonight. R.I.P. that. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer
0: is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor, etc., etc. Exactly. It is merely part of a meme that we have now explained to you. And, again, I'm sorry to all of our fans who didn't understand what the fuck we were saying.
1: (laughs) On today's show, since we're not going anywhere, we are bringing back a uh, fan fave, high-speed downloads. But first, we have to talk about this week's years? At least this week's main character, Trisha Paytas, who has been trending on Twitter since they very dramatically quit their podcast, Frenemies, uh, a wildly popular show they hosted with another YouTuber named Ethan Klein. Paytas has had a controversial internet history, to say the least. Probably so controversial that I come to think of it, we don't have time to get into all of it. So we're going to give you the absolute must-know version of this story, and
0: then uh, we're never going to talk about Trisha Paytas ever again. Mm, Madison, I don't think we can. We can't make that (laughs) promise.
1: (laughs) Um, You're right. I'm sorry for lying. We'll probably be back talking about Trisha in, you know, three weeks because Trisha Paytas is an internet chameleon. They're a creator who realized very, very early on in their career that trolling was valuable. You know, the idea that hate clicks are worth the exact same dollar value as regular clicks. They're a person who talks candidly and extremely imperfectly about mental health. And by doing this episode, are we uh, playing right into the hands of somebody who professionally uh, generates drama?
0: Yes, we are. We're going to start breaking it down by answering the very simple question of who is Trisha Paytas? Just to
1: give you a little sense of scope. Trisha Paytas has something like six million subscribers across their two YouTube channels. They have nearly six and a half million followers on TikTok. They're shy of a million followers on Twitter, and they have a couple hundred thousand followers on Instagram, too. They're a YouTuber, self-described troll, provocateur, former stripper. Chaos agent. Podcast host. Here's just a little taste of what we're talking about.
0: Clothes do not make.
1: The person, they do not make the man, they do not make the woman, they do not make you. We should all stop buying clothes. I started going
0: naked on all platforms, all social media, and all of a sudden, it's a crazy storm. So in this clip, Trisha's just in their, in their kitchen, walking around with a white plastic bag on, on their head. Trisha took Katy Perry very literally. <laughs> So,
1: rewinding a little, um, Trish Paytas joins YouTube sort of as a potential career move, potential moneymaker, after some time working as a stripper and an escort in California. Uh, They've talked pretty candidly about this time in their life being really hard. At this point, they develop some substance abuse issues. In 2007, they post their first YouTube video, and their account name is... Blonde Sundoll4MJ, spelled B-L-N-D-S-U-N-D-O-L-L-4MJ, which is a a combination of their blonde hair color, a love of tanning, and a passion for Michael Jackson.
0: We're really starting up hot here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's not until a few years later, though, in 2012, that Trish Paytas has their first viral hit. And also, I think where you can see the light bulb go off over their head, that like, oh, making people mad is how I'm gonna become famous. Uh, it was a video called Why I'm Voting for Mitt Romney.
0: I am fully supportive of Mitt Romney, and there are a few reasons why I'm going to be voting for Mitt Romney in this election, my first election voting. So the last election I was able to vote, um, but I didn't because I didn't really have strong feelings towards either party, candidate, chill selection. So, this year, Romney all the way. So basically, one, Mitt Romney is super hot. Like I remember. For
1: for context, boy, Trish Paytas is now thirty three years old. But this sets off a career's worth of, I think it's fair to say, intentionally trolly, purposefully controversial content. Um, Trisha used to cosplay as a racist Japanese pop star character known as Trishy. Uh, they were known for dropping the N-word when they would rap in videos and actions like this become their thing.
0: An equal opportunity racist? I don't want to say we love to see it, but I just feel like whenever anyone has this kind of broad of, uh, offensive things, it is clearly for money. Like it's provocation for provocation's sake. Like I feel like most people are generally specific in their racism. Maybe that's just me trying to be hopeful about America.
1: A couple years later, they expand their uh, equal opportunity isms into uh, just some really crass videos, like using transness. Um, in 2016, they claimed that they identified as a chicken nugget.
0: Are we back on the Tumblr episode? Is this other can a chicken right. nugget?
1: <laughs> right. In that, that trash bag video we played a clip of, that's actually a video of Trisha announcing that they're no longer a person at all. A couple years after that, they would announce that they are a trans gay man. And then this year, uh, Trish Paytas announced that they are non-binary, all of which are valid things except perhaps um, the chicken nugget. But it's the way that we get from chicken nugget to I am non-binary and use they them pronouns that makes it all a little bit murky.
0: Yeah, murky seems a very generous descriptor of what's going on here. It just makes it extremely hard to tell what exactly is for provocation's sake and what exactly is real.
1: Throughout these years, Trish Paytas's
0: relationships also
1: become a central part of their identity and in internet content. Um, we're going to talk about one specifically they dated and broke up with and dated and broke up with, a guy named Jason Nash, who you might remember from our very first episode where we talked about David Dobrik. Jason Nash is like the old guy in the vlog squad. He's yes. 48. Mm-hmm. And for comparison's sake,
0: David Dobrik is 24. <laughs> and the people David is hanging out with are usually like late teens, early 20s.
1: The first time they broke up, Trish Paytas said it was because Jason Nash made a joke about their weight. Um, Trish Paytas is a very curvaceous Anna Nicole Smith-esque... That's part of their brand, right? Is being this sort of bombshell-esque figure. But that was and remains fodder for mockery for many of the people whom Trish works with.
0: This keeps getting worse. Nothing about this is... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we're not even in 2021 yet. We're still somewhere around, what, 2018, 2019? We're really nearly there, I
1: promise. Um, <laughs> Trish Paytas has sort of separated from this group at this point. You know, David Dobrik once allegedly encouraged them to have a threesome with Tana Mojo, who was a teenager, 19 at the time, and Jason Nash. Like, it's all just very gross. And it seems very easy t- to believe a person when they say this was a bad period for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I mean, we've we've seen enough of what's come out of the vlog squad, too. Um, that makes a lot of the seem quite credible. Honestly, I'm just going to like
1: rapid fire through some other things you need to know to catch us up to this week. Uh, Trish Paytas has a history of being anti-Semitic online as recently as their TikTok era performing Springtime for Hitler, which is a satirical song from the producers. Trish does the like Nazi salute. Yeah, it's very bad. They've said that they only learned about the Holocaust after seeing Schindler's List. When did they see
0: Schindler's, like, what year was this?
1: So this was a more recent comment, but then, of course, the internet dug up a 2013 video from Paytas called My Thoughts on Hitler. There's more things like this, uh, but we will... Uh, <laughs> There's
0: always more. There's always yeah, more. There <laughs>
1: You know, last year they had a beef with Charlie D'Amelio, who, say what you will, about TikTok's most famous star, uh, first and foremost, she's 17 years old. That's I was a like, child. she's
0: a child. You're, last you're year she was a fight 16. with a kid. Yeah, yeah, you can't pick a fight
1: with a child. No. In 2020, Trish Paytas starts the podcast called Frenemies with Ethan Klein. Uh, and that is the root of why Trish Paytas is in the news
0: this week. Uh,
1: Frenemies is an aptly named show. Have you watched it?
0: No, I feel like here is where, if you can't tell by the fact that Madison is clearly running this bus, um, I don't know a lot about Trish Paytas. This is a part of, much like Logan Paul and David Dobrik, a part of the internet that I um, largely ignored because it seemed built on what you're describing, which is hate clicks in a lot of ways, like provocation for provocation's sake. The short version of it is that Ethan
1: Klein and Trish Paytas have this really kind of confrontational friendship. It began when... Ethan Klein fat shamed Trisha in a video. Trisha calls him out, and then shortly thereafter appears on his podcast. And they do this over and over, sort of using each other in a weird, oh <laughs> spite. no, spite. Yeah, I mean it's smart because it means on frenemies they talk about influencer drama, YouTuber drama, and they, you know, sort of make a a game out of holding bad YouTubers accountable. But then within that, you get the drama interpersonally. Mm, it's like a show inside a show, yeah. and it grows into this really big thing. Uh, Frenemies is a beloved podcast. It's hosted under the umbrella of a larger media company owned by Ethan Klein. Uh, But it has millions of subscribers. Like
0: People love this show. I mean, it seems like a cash bucket. I mean, as you were, (laughs) were describing, gossip plus... A kind of antagonistic relationship between the hosts. So even if there is no drama happening externally, there is always going to be drama internally. I just want to make sure that everyone. I don't got like pizza. this segment.
1: Just for the record, fan advice is a stupid segment. Why I you can do it? It's so dumb. What's the point?
0: uh to give advice to our fans but
1: that's not the like oh, no it's a, that's like when people run out of ideas and they start doing Q&As like Tyler we ran ideas so Madison we have to start
0: beefing no, nothing
1: else to talk about. I we're working on it we're really trying if you if you tell me one more time that our phones are listening to us we are actually
0: going to like come to blows <laughs> good to know good to know <laughs> keep that under my hat for the next time we need to spice up the show <laughs> that's the draw and also that that Trish
1: Paytas is the kind of person who doesn't hold back who at least by appearances of their content shows you everything. For example, they talk pretty candidly about struggling with their mental health. Sometimes they do this well, sometimes they talk about it well, and sometimes they talk about it in ways that are harmful. For example, at one point, uh, they said they had disassociative personality disorder. That's a very popular
0: thing to say online.
1: Paytas later said they had borderline personality disorder. On TikTok, they've talked about going to therapy, about getting medication, about getting help. You know, they talk about mental health on the show, Ethan and Trisha as well. But with all these things and the bombacity of the way that the Paytas enterprise works, jury's still out on whether or not this is actually a good thing,
0: right? Uh, Yes, jury very much still out. Net good talking about mental health on the Internet, normalizing, good. Net bad, using it for clips, trisha,
1: trisha let me just say the I'm fact, sorry. Ethan, that you
0: just did that you're right you're well, right nothing's wrong said. with you that's but i go you don't know how much therapy i go to a week i go to four but zoom trisha, sessions a week no, i understand Ethan, but, okay, Ethan, okay, what you right. just said
1: was you're right trisha,
0: everyone take I'm a breath saying. we're now we're now at the present we are now in 2021 which if you've listened to any of our show you will know that we covered the david dobrik vlog squad mess where in which a woman was pressured into a threesome with 30 Dom. Trisha Paytas very much commented on that situation when it happened. So they were at the center of that. And then early this month, another YouTuber, Gabby Hanna was profiled in Buzzfeed. In the profile, Gabby name checks Trish and uh, none of it is exactly complimentary. Gabby accuses uh, Trish of causing Hannah to lose. A record deal? And sponsors, yeah. yeah. Friends?
1: Her, her livelihood.
0: Yeah. Um, Trish immediately denies this in a Twitter thread. Not only de- denies this, but denies ever having been friends with Gabby, which can neither confirm nor deny, but seems a little implausible.
1: <laughs> what this means is the Trish Paytas moment we're in now is burbling. <laughs> when this profile comes out. So this drama is all brewing over here. I'm gesturing to my left. Now I'm gesturing to my right, uh, which is this week's drama when Paytas quits the Frenemies podcast. This is not the first time (laughs) that they've quit the podcast. In the most recent episode of Frenemies, Ethan and Trish have a fight which will boil down very much. We will reduce on a low simmer for several hours to describe as a fight over creative control and pay. (laughs) Wow, you really did simmer that shit down.
0: <laughs> Look, this stuff is so there's too much. Yeah, there are a lot of Twitter threads, there are a lot of um screenshots of text messages, there are a lot of YouTube videos. But yeah, it most it comes down to like the kind of creative control over the show, frenemies. I don't have to. I shouldn't have to walk on eggshells around everything I say. All right, Ethan, I'm asking to end
1: this. I'm asking you can leave
0: any time, Trisha. But then
1: you're making this thing where we're not ending the show, and you get to sit here and be like, okay, well that just happened, and you're eating pizza, and then I will end the show the minute you walk. All right, so let's just let's just end it, please. Thank you guys for watching, and I just I don't want it to be a thing where you're just sitting here eating pizza and you become a meme. So then I'll say I'm sorry. Okay. Obviously, I don't want to have, get an argument over I really like need your to most— leave. OK. All right. We're done. Thank okay. you, guys. Thank you. Paytas records this, like, 22-minute video on their kitchen floor, and in the video, talk about how they wanted to be an equal partner in the show and that Klein only ever treated them as talent. Uh, meanwhile, Ethan Klein is tweeting out about how he doesn't know what to do. He's so sorry. He tried to save the show. Eventually, as the, the the argument over who is making what money and how the crew of Frenemies are being paid or not paid, Trisha releases a whole bunch of text screenshots to show a conversation between them and Ethan Klein going back and forth on just how much profit share Trisha would get. Uh, and in the texts, Trisha refers to Ethan as being quote-unquote Jewy, which, no. No. Is a deeply anti-Semitic thing to say. Trisha then... Tweets that, you know, they've come a long way. Once again, trots out that they've dated Jewish men, uh, that they're converting and that they're sorry. And that it's, you know, they've grown since this. The screenshots were old and they just needed them as receipts.
0: Then they also said something along the lines of <laughs> to not allow me to grow and learn when I've apologized time and time again is really not cool. As if the people calling them out for being anti-Semitic as recently as last year, 2020, Tricia, have you grown that much <laughs> in six months? <laughs> the sound in my head is just question marks, you know? The whole situation is a mess. No one involved in it is perfect. A good person
1: or a bad person. It's all very, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna fall back on that M word. Murky. Will Frenemies return? Honestly, maybe, probably. We'll be here waiting when it does.
0: But while we're waiting, we're also going to take a little break, perhaps mainline some albuterol in preparation for high-speed downloads about a fraudulent chef and a remake of the movie Never Been Kissed. I was going to say a fraudulent teenager, but yeah, that works too. (laughs)
1: Uh.
0: (laughs) Lots of frauds in this podcast. Um, Just stick around and you'll get to hear about them.
1: And we are back. It's time for High Speed Downloads, the game where Rachel and I have 60 seconds on the clock to explain a piece of internet culture from the week and talk as fast as humanly possible. If you don't like listening to uh, people talk incredibly quickly, maybe consider changing your playback speed to 0.5x because we're about to tie our tongues in knots. Rachel, you are (laughs) up first today.
0: What do you have for us? I have some delicious drama because it's about the corner of the internet where chefs congregate and it actually spans multiple platforms it's not just twitter it's not just tiktok it's not just youtube and it's not just instagram it's all of them it also spills out into the real world the better business bureau is involved i'm so excited you have 60 seconds on the clock three two one go Okay, this is black chef named Darius Williams. He has over 1.3 million followers on TikTok and almost 700K on Instagram. He also has a website and cookbooks. He's famous for black Southern recipes that are a little bit questionable. He has a chicken and waffle Caesar salad with Eggo waffles and chicken nuggets, a cornbread bread cake with mashed potato icing and fried chicken toppings. He just herbs the Provence instead of Italian seasoning, which you shouldn't because there's lavender in that shit. All his meals have like 7,000 calories and a day's worth of salt. But like, let's be real here. Some of his some of his food be looking good. All right, I'm not gonna cap. It looks good. It looks good. However, some of it makes no goddamn sense. And like this lasagna, that one went viral where he reduces a blueberry wine and puts in a jarred sauce, adds in collard greens and also smoked turkey. It was wild. This recipe goes viral for all the wrong reasons. The floodgates open. All this shit comes out. Specifically from Angela Davis, aka the Kitchenista, who is incredible. Her food is incredible. She lays out all the dirt on Darius, who is fraudulent. This man has a whole ass cookbook with no measurements or like oven temperatures. Keto recipes with no nutritional information. Photos that are not actually that he is not. Actually, using that did not actually come from his kitchen. Comes out this man has abruptly closed three restaurants, mistreating, laying off his Five staff seconds. without any warning. He has multiple complaints on the Better Business Bureau from people saying he had, they had paid cash money for dining events that never happened.
1: <laughs> I, you know what I appreciated most about that high speed download, the amount of time and diligence you committed to describing his bad
0: recipes <laughs> before delving into just, the plot. I just needed people to understand what exactly we were cooking with because, like, there's a lot of shit, like, we could talk about bad recipes, like, what's going on here? Is it, you know, a a watermelon pizza? No, it's just a meal that you would eat and immediately get bubble guts from and that has a questionable (laughs) amount of seasoning in it. (laughs) Now, the Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, so he gave us fried chicken. Look, gravy ain't never hurt nobody, huh? (laughs) All right, so as per the rules of the high-speed download uh, canon, you get one more sentence. I think the most important thing here is that uh, Black women chefs like Angela Davis, not the prison abolitionist, but Kitchenista, who is incredible, and Sunny Anderson, have been calling... Darius out for years for uh, cribbing recipes from other people and passing them off as his own, for putting photos of food that he did not make, and for scamming people out of $30 for a keto cookbook that doesn't have any nutritional advice in it. And so I, I, as always, my motto is listen to black women. They're generally knowing what's going on before you do. All right, Madison, now that we've had enough cooking chatter, let's move on to our second scammer of the day. I am thrilled about my
1: high-speed download today. And I want to
0: take a brief
1: moment to shout out at uh, Coco Be Good on Twitter, who requested an uh, ICYMI take on what I'm about to word vomit at you. The story of Casey Garcia, a mother who masqueraded as her child for a whole day
0: at school. All right, Madison, you have 60 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one, go
1: casey garcia is a 30 year old mother of a texas teen her 13 year old daughter attends enriquez middle school near el paso texas this week casey masqueraded literally because you know like pandemic she was wearing a mask as her seventh grader and went to school in her stead and she kind of got away with it she dyed her hair darker and wore self-tanner she wore glasses she doesn't actually wear glasses yellow marvel hoodie and the teacher she says didn't freaking notice she gave her daughter student id at the door uh casey garcia i should mention is four foot 11 so like could pass as a child height uh unsurprisingly she vlogged the whole thing for youtube and tiktok on youtube the hashtags are hashtag middle school hashtag teen mom hashtag safety awareness uh, her other youtube videos are a mukbang and a sprite challenge so i'm a little bit suspicious the title is going to school is my 13 year old daughter middle school edition casey were there other additions uh she said hi to the principal in the hallway she went to math class she said she was stressed the whole day but like yeah you should be stressed i'm not a lawyer but i think this is a crime like i saw never been kissed and that was a fucking crime 10 seconds on the uh, clock Uh, But but she said the school only really cared to tell her to put her phone away all day until finally, after like 85% of the day, a teacher was like, you're not, Julie. And they sent her to the principal, and now she's facing criminal charges.
0: (sighs) That perfect end on, and now she's facing criminal charges? Look at you. Uh, That narrative arc. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the pain on my face is I chose to edit out like 72 salacious details in the interest of narrative flow. Okay, I'm going to give you perhaps five salacious details if you can fit them into a single run-on sentence. <laughs> Let's go. So the teachers didn't notice. Casey says at one point she was the only physical student
1: in a classroom because the classes are still like mixed online, offline. And that teacher, she claims, didn't notice. Uh, she said the cafeteria food tastes like ass. Uh <laughs> <laughs> And in a follow-up YouTube video, said the whole thing was a social experiment uh, that she wanted to test out in an attempt to show flaws in the school security system and to prevent school shootings. She also thanked Julie's teenage friends for helping cover for her all day, which is really fucked up. Those are children.
0: Um, Yeah. Did they really... Like, if my friend's mom asked me to do something i don't know if i would feel able to say no like i mentioned she's now facing criminal charges she was
1: arrested uh for criminal trespass and tampering with government records and in case you're curious about how that went down well casey vlogged the whole thing
0: it's just for security
1: i understand i am not resisting i am not resisting
0: did you guys see the video no i haven't seen the video ma'am i don't think i quite realized this is a crime it makes sense that it is but Good to know that Drew Barrymore would have... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Casey
1: and I watched Never Been Kissed and came away
0: with very different morals of the story. That's the show. We'll be back in your feed on Wednesday. So definitely subscribe. It's free and you'll never miss an episode. Please leave a rating and review on an Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. We make a great party topic. You can also follow us on Twitter at ICYMI underscore pod, which is also where you can DM us your questions, like the one that brought on Madison's high-speed download. And as always, you can drop us a note at ICYMI at slate.com. I'm getting ripped
1: tonight. RIP that. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. Our supervising producer is Derek John. Forrest Wickman is Slate's culture editor. And Gabe Roth is editorial director of audio. See you online.
0: Or in the gym. Did you hear me say smart Smart turkey? Turkey.
1: (laughs) I did. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about
0: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?